This is a lot. Sorry about that. Hey, good morning. I'm Pastor Benjamin. If we've not had the opportunity to meet, and I'm the pastor of discipleship here at Redeemer Community Church, and I'm excited about what the Lord might do among us this morning. I think, you know, one of the things that always reminds, like, I know God is real. Um, I've been with God. I've experienced God. But one of the things that always reminds me of how real God is, is when I, you know, write a sermon and agonize over it and sort of go back and forth, and then we get like this little unplanned time where it's just a built-in sermon illustration. So thank you, Christina, for uh, just opening your life to us so that we could see how God is moving among us right now um, in our day. The other thing I want to mention, uh, a few things I want to mention before jumping into the sermon, Pastor Mac is preaching at East Point Church this morning. And so you'll hear me pray for him in my opening prayer. Um, and then the other thing is we are outside of kind of the traditional lectionary. So we're going to step outside of the John passages that we've been in for a while. And this is a special Sunday, a Sunday where we honor um, the Virgin Mary. You probably noticed that in the opening colic, a woman whose life was willing and able to be used by God, right? So what a beautiful picture that Christina's already given us. But we're going to honor Mary this morning. You're going to hear me specifically talk about some women in my life uh, that have shown me what God is like, um, and it's going to be a great time. So I'm going to read scripture, I'm going to pray, and then we will jump in. And so the scripture is going to come up on the screen if you want to follow along or turn there in your Bibles. But I'm reading from the Gospel of Luke 1, 46 through 55. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, For he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. But he has lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. And let's pray. Father, we are so grateful to be saturated in your presence this morning. And the words we've sung, the meditations of our heart, and the scriptures we've read all are drawing us into this moment to remind us of how you are moving in and among us. And so we pray that we be attuned to that. Give us a moment just to step outside a little bit of all the things we're carrying and just be with you and be with your word. And Lord, help me to faithfully communicate that which you're saying to us through this text today, thousands of years later. We thank you for Pastor Mack and his uh, ministry of preaching at East Point Church this morning. We pray you bless him and the hearers there as well. Lord, we're also mindful in this season of those who cannot be with us for various reasons, and we pray that you would be with them in a special way, that we would be unified as one body, even across multiple platforms and streams, and that you would remind everyone within the sound of my voice that you are mindful of them. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so the year is 1999. Uh, Pastor Benjamin, at 13 years old, is poised in his position as the curtain puller. There's probably a different name for this. For the musical production, Annie. I'm looking at you. i got theater people here. I know. 
So a fun fact about me here is that I love to sing. Now, the Lord blessed me with a singing voice, as they would say, only a mother could love, but I love to sing. And most of my singing, particularly worship music, happens in my kitchen, to the dismay of my children, and in the shower. I love to sing. But when I was young, I was very shy, of course, and awkward at 13, and so I was too afraid to try out to be in the musical, but I wanted to be near it. I wanted to be near the activity, and so I volunteered to be on the stage crew, and the role I was assigned was the ever-important role of pulling the curtain. So here I am, in the wing, unseen, holding my position, ready to pull the curtain, and you don't really do anything at any of the rehearsals until you get to the dress rehearsal. And this is the day. This is the night where everybody gets in full costume, full makeup, microphones, the pianist is there, everything's ready to go. It's time for Annie's big number. I'm ready to pull the curtain, and the dog is nowhere to be found. And so my theater teacher, Ms. Guzzi, calls me from the side to center stage, says, Get down on all fours. You're now Sandy. And I make my musical debut. (laughs) And this is kind of unspectacular, but it all went down. I got to put on the makeup. I got to put on the sweaty dog costume that looked more like a goat. And I got to be in the musical Annie. And Miss Guzzi calling me from the side of the stage and into center stage with that spotlight did something in me. It changed my posture. So fast forward a year. It's time for the musical again. This year we're performing Grease. And I'm not too afraid to try out this time, so I do. I come with my Kirk Franklin tape and I do my best little rendition. And I get not one, but two whole speaking lines. And I get to sing in the chorus. I get to be one of uh, the guys that wears the leather jacket thing. You You know what I'm talking about here. So this is kind of a silly story, but in this instance, I went from someone who, I was definitely part of the show. I mean, if you got to pull the curtain, that's an important role. I was part of the show, but I got called into this kind of different kind of activity, and that changed things for me. And this seems silly, but it points to what I think is going on in this text. I think this is what's happening with Mary. Mary, who is a character in God's story for sure, gets suddenly swept into this biblical narrative after this visit with Gabriel. She's drawn in, and her response to it has the ability to remind us of of some things that are true that will cause us to engage in the biblical story as well. And so I just came to remind you of those things this morning. So the big idea this morning is this. Mary's song invites us into the activity of God in the world as we are reminded that God sees us, God hears us, and God is at work. Mary's song invites us into the activity of God in the world because it reminds us God sees us, God hears us, and God is at work. Now, two real quick points of clarity. First, when I say the story of God or the activity of God, I'm pointing to the the main plot of this story we find ourselves in. This arc or this theme that goes all through the scriptures as we see God's activity among people to redeem and restore all that is in the world. 
And so what we see in Mary's life and her spirit is a yielding to join that activity by submitting not just her will, but her physical body to participate with God's plans. And so an essential question for us becomes, what would keep us from participating with God in the way that Mary did? What would keep us from participating with God in the activity of redeeming and restoring the world? The second point of clarity is that I'm going to speak broadly here about the activity of God for a particular purpose. The purpose is I want the Holy Spirit to create a space among us today to each hear God on our own. It can be isolating to point to one example or to say God is working here or there, and then you might not see yourself there and get bumped out of the story. And so I want to just create some space this morning, and I just want to make you aware that that's what I'm doing by just talking about the activity of God broadly in the world. There are reminders in this text from Mary's posture and from Mary's heart, and they're going to give us this space to evaluate Mary's song reminds us that the story of God is, in fact, a story that we're in, and yet we're still being called into it. It's a reminder that God sees us and hears us, and he's working in our lives when we're aware of it, and when we're not, and it's an invitation to be formed in a way that acknowledges this reality more fully. So the first reminder that Mary gives us this morning is this, God sees us. God sees us. Let me read these verses. Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in my God, my Savior. He's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Now, these lines come from Mary's heart after she's had this experience with the Holy Spirit, after she's had this experience with an angel. And it shows that Mary believed what we need to believe, that God sees us and that we are a part of God's plan. Mary acknowledges that God believes in her, that God's been mindful of her humble estate. And what's incredible here is what's happening beneath the text. If we understand that Mary was unmarried, pregnant, young, and a woman. So in a context where no doubt culturally at best she'd be looked over, and at worst she would be looked down on. So for her to be glorifying God in this situation is where there's uncertainty, where there's doubt, where there's shame, where there's hardship in full view, is an acknowledgement that, yeah, that may be part of the story. But to be seen by God, to be chosen to participate in God's plans to redeem and restore the world, to be called blessed is a deeper truth. It's a greater reality that each of us are living in that the one writing this story often sees things much differently than we do. Oh, Mary's song has the ability to remind us that God's not looking for perfect people. It reminds us God's not looking for powerful people people. It reminds us that God's not looking for the most practical people. It's a reminder that God can use whoever God wants, however God wants, whenever God wants to accomplish the good and perfect plans he has for this world. And we need to be reminded of that today. 
If we peek back to the conversation Mary has with the angel Gabriel a few verses before, we see this play out. He comes to her, and the first thing he said is this, God is with you. Then he goes on to explain she's going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. I would have a problem with that. And then he tells her, hey, not just that, but the child's going to be the son of God. And then the conversation ends with him saying to her, no word from God will ever fail. And Mary responds, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's the response of someone who has seen and known. In this response and in her song, what we see is the heart of Mary. We see an example of someone who's willing to be used by God. My prayer for us is that we would have hearts like Mary, that we would recognize God sees us and allow that reminder to open our minds, and open our hearts to be willing to get further in, deeper in to the story with God in our lives. I wonder if we would be bold enough, if we'd have the courage enough this morning to ask the Holy Spirit what's keeping us from believing what's true about us. What's keeping us from believing what's true about us? Uh, this slide here, I want you to like jot this down or take a picture of it. And the, the exercise here is that I want you to sit with the Holy Spirit this week. And I wonder if you'd sit with the Holy Spirit and sit with these statements and see if these are the, the narratives that are dominating your participation or lack thereof in the story of God. Maybe you would say, God, I'm too, I don't know, fill in the blank. I don't have... Fill in the blank. I'm not fill in the blank. And we can see in this story or what we know about Mary, it would have been easy for her to say any of these things to God. And yet she says, I'm willing. I'm open. Sit with the Holy Spirit this week and be honest before God and then be reminded, as Mary was, that God sees you. And that the God who sees you is calling you in to actively participate in the story. When we begin to believe and live into these statements, which are lies, we're failing to see ourselves as God sees us. And here's something to consider here. Who's believed in you? When have you felt seen? The first time I can remember somebody believing in me was in the fifth grade. You're just going to take a journey through my life today. Miss Bernard was my teacher, and I was not the most engaged student. But Miss Bernard recognized something in me, and she started to invite me in more fully. She invited me to an after-school club called the Math Olympiads. And so I will always hold the title of Mathlete. And she encouraged me to become part of the gifted and talented program at our school. So she saw beyond me. She saw beyond even what I saw in myself. She saw me. She believed in me. And it, it inspired me. You know, Miss Bernard is the reason I wanted to become a teacher. It's what I felt from the time I was in the fifth grade that I wanted to become a teacher because if I could be a part of that moment in someone else's life, if I could help someone else feel seen and believed in and known and launched into the story of God, then I'm all in for that. 
And because Miss Bernard believed in me, I believed in myself in a different way. I believe that's what's happening here with Mary. God has believed in Mary. Mary's fully believed in God. Peek back at verse 45. Elizabeth says, Blessed is she who's believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. The invitation here this morning, friends, is to believe in the God who believes in you. God sees you. God has you in his story. And let Mary's song remind you that you're loved, you're valued, you're seen. And believe that this morning for the first time or believe it again. That God sees you. The second reminder here is that God hears. God hears us. The next three verses in this song. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent away the rich. He's helped his servant Israel to remember to be merciful. These words are filled with the hope of the present activity of God in Mary's life but also a full understanding of God's restoration to come. Again, here for Mary to be singing, to be joyful or to be hopeful is clearly an outpouring of what God is doing in her life because it's not an indicator of the circumstances surrounding her life. It's not an indicator of the circumstances surrounding the people group that she's a part of. Those circumstances are far from ideal We know that her journey to give birth and then even after the birth of Jesus are filled with peril. It's filled with danger. We know just uh, maybe intuitively or adjacently, or if you're a woman, you will know this experientially, that birth is difficult, right? Bringing life is challenging, So to be rejoicing about all of these incredible things that are going to happen as a result of this very challenging situation is stunning. It's stunningly beautiful that Mary is praising God in the middle of a mess. And not just that, Mary recognizes God's the hero of this story, not me. Mary recognizes God hears the cries of his people. He's shown up. He's acting. He's doing what he said he was going to do. And her posture comes out of that response. Mary knows all this because she's infinitely, intimately familiar with the activity of God and the story of God because she is a part of this people group that is steeped in this story. I think for us, a barrier to this reality that God hears us is oftentimes our hearts are steeped in another story. Our hearts are steeped in the story that the culture is telling us or that our power is telling us or that our privilege is telling us. And it's a story that says you can accomplish anything by the work of your own hands. And if you work with your hands long enough, you come to realize that that's just not true. (laughs) Maybe it's just me. But Mary's steeped in a story in which there's nothing God can't accomplish. And her song reminds us that God's the one responding to the desperate situations in our lives and in the world because it's who God is and it's what God does. Friends, when we begin to realize salvation, uh, the redemption of this world, it's not coming 
through our hands. But it's coming because God's doing it in and through us. And on our behalf, our posture starts to change. I think the problem for us, or again, maybe it's just me, is that we're looking in the wrong places. I think God doesn't hear me because things aren't going the way I think they should go. Anybody else? What's going on there? Well, for me, I can tell it's happening when I've been steeping in other things. When I realize I'm being formed by a media opinion, by an article I read, by a relationship uh, that's happening, or by other things outside of God's story. And when I'm being formed by all manner of things outside God's story, which is readily available to me, it becomes hard for me to believe that God hears the cries of his people. And Mary's song is a response of a heart that's been formed by the story of God. It's been formed by the Torah. It's been formed by the holy scriptures that were available to this people group that bound them to their hearts. Friends, we have a treasure in this book. We have this Bible that describes God's activity through a particular time in history and through a particularly marginalized group of people. And so it's a place that we can come on a regular basis and step in the story and be reminded of how God has worked how God's working, and how God is going to work again. Mary recognizes all of this, and she responds in a way that reminds us today, God still hears. God's still at work. So the invitation is to hope. To live with a sense of hopefulness that's rooted in the reality that Mary was living in. That God sees, God hears, God knows. And it's a reality that's born when we steep ourselves in the story of God. Practically speaking, I would invite you to write out the story of God working in situations in your life. Take time. Sit down. Recall it. Record it. Record where you've seen God work in your life. Record where you do not see God at work in your life. Write down where you want to see God at work in your life. Where have you felt heard by God? And where have you not? Be honest, because this doesn't mean we have a lack of hope. No, it means the opposite. It creates the space for God to show up and for God to remind us that he does work. The third and final reminder then is that God is at work. God is at work. These final verses read this way. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. These final verses remind us that the promise kept of God in this act of mercy towards Israel and ultimately toward us is a reminder for us that the work of God in this world is the keeping of his promises from generation to generation, and that continues today. I love what Rachel said about her grandma, about older saints reminding us that God's brought us this far. Why would God be any different? The promise-keeping nature of God that Mary responds to and reminds us of, it deepens that sense of hopefulness in us. 
And friends, maybe this morning you're saying to yourself at this point, if God sees me, if God hears me, then why is this situation happening? If God sees us, if God hears us, why is this not happening? Maybe you're in a difficult situation right now. Maybe your financial situation isn't what you'd hoped. Maybe you're at odds with your family of origin. Maybe you're not on the same page as your spouse or the person sitting next to you. Maybe you're struggling with parenting. Maybe you're just flat out not seeing God show up in the way you hoped God would. And I just want to acknowledge that I, I, I believe there's, there is a difficulty sitting in every single one of those spaces and in the ones I didn't mention. So I just want to say to you this morning, whatever is sitting on your heart right now, whatever's sitting on your heart right now, God sees that. God hears that. And I just want to remind you, God is at work. Here's what's remarkable. Again, Mary sings this, or at least it's recorded, just after the angel has shared with her that she's going to carry this child and directly after she visits Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. So it's not clear how much time has passed, but I would venture to guess at this point, Mary may not even be showing, right? Just the physical reality of this situation is this is early days. So what's clear is the thing that she's singing about hasn't even actually happened, at least in her life. Mary's praising God in the middle of the situation, and that models for us something special. It models for us that you can be full of praise and full of pain. You can be certain and uncertain. You can believe and you can disbelieve. You can be waiting and God can be working. We can live in this already and this not yet. And Mary reminds us that just because we haven't seen the full deliverance of God doesn't mean God isn't working. God is certainly at work. God is in the promise-keeping business from generation to generation, and God will continue to keep his promises, and that is worthy of our praise. I've gotten to see this in my life up close. Uh, My mom's probably watching on YouTube right now, and I'll cry. But when I was... I was 10 years old. My mom was in a doctor's office. She had a tumor in her body the size of a grapefruit. And a man prophesied to her that one of her children would start a school. For almost 20 years, my mom believed this. My mom prayed for this. My mom spoke about this. I've watched my mom for the 30-whatever years I've been alive believe in things and pray for things, some she's seen and some she's not. But she's never stopped praising. She's never stopped praying. She's never stopped believing that God keeps his promises. 
And in 2015, she got to come and see the reality of this school being born in this community. And I believe that the lives of children and families and communities are being transformed by the power and work of God. And I believe it is the direct result of my mom's faithfulness to plant the seed of God's promise in my life. There are many days I don't believe it. There's many times where I struggle. But I've seen God work. And I'm telling you today, friends, that God is working. And the invitation here is to notice. To notice it, to notice it, to look for the activity of God in the world and tell others where you see God working. Tell other people where you see God working. You've probably heard me say this quite a bit, friends. This is not a solo sport. This is an all skate. That means everybody gets in the skating rink and goes around the thing. If you didn't know, I had to explain that to a few people. What we're doing here week in and week out when we're singing these songs, when we're reading these scriptures, when we're praying these prayers, we're participating as the people of God and acknowledging these very same truths. And we are reminding one another that God is at work. Friends, our faith can carry each other in those moments where we're struggling to believe it. Our soul, like Mary's, can magnify the Lord when it doesn't look so good. But these reminders aren't just meant for us for an hour and some change on a Sunday morning. These reminders are meant to propel our lives into full participation with the Spirit of God day in and day out. Get from behind the curtain, down on all fours, get in that spotlight, put on that dog costume, and participate with God in the activity of our world. Friends, God is redeeming and restoring everything that we see that is messed up, broken, not looking like we want it to look. He sees us and he hears us and he wants to activate us to participate with him. We need to walk in the knowledge, be formed to be more hopeful, and then have hands that move like Jesus, the person who was born of this virgin, Mary. When we do that, we will begin to move towards the hurting and the pain that's in our life, the unresolved things in our own life and in the world around us. We'll do that with a posture of willingness, with a joy, with a hopefulness, with a humility. And just like Mary, whether you can sing or not, with praise. So I'll leave you with this question for examination this week. This, this uh, actually, Christina just blows my mind because uh, I think this is probably the question that you were asking. What practical step would I take towards the activity of God in the world if I believed that I was seen and heard and that God was already working there? What's holding you back? What's holding you back? What practical step would I take towards the activity of God in the world, if I believed that I was seen and heard, God was already working there. 
And friends, I'm really hopeful that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you this week, today, this hour, this minute, and remind you of this truth. And that you'll be swept into the activity of God in this world. And that praise will come out of your spirit, like the spirit of Mary. Let's pray. God, you are so good and so kind to meet us, to see us, to hear us, to know us. And so, Lord, I just ask boldly that you whisper in someone's ear right now, I see you, I hear you, and I want to work in your life. And if there's anybody within the sound of my voice, Lord, that hasn't believed or isn't believing, that you would cause them to believe by the power of your Holy Spirit that Jesus, the author and perfecter and finisher of our faith, would join us here today. Salvation would come. Because it's what you want to do in us, and it's what you want to do through us. We thank you for that. Seal these words in our hearts. Seal them in our lives. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.